It's Sports by the Book at the South Point Studio. Here's Jeff Parles. Welcome in. Happy Sunday, everyone. It is Sports by the Book here at the South Point Studio. I'm Jeff Parles. Oh, I should probably move, probably move my water bottle off the desk to begin the show. Yeah, that's a, that's a great way to start. I'm Jeff Parles, Alex White alongside. We're happy to be with you as always. Just so we know, first off, Miami, your season's done. Cleveland, your season's done. One dog, one favorite. Yep. Both home teams yesterday. Before Alex and I get really rolling today, I have to preface this as a reminder. If you missed it yesterday, Buffalo and Pittsburgh, they're not playing in 90 minutes. They were supposed to be. The conditions of Buffalo just look ridiculous, in all honesty. Just horrible lake effect snow, blizzard, whiteout conditions. Probably the right move that they moved this thing. Agreed. Forget just the the football perspective. Just keep people off the roads. Right. You don't need an extra 65,000 people on the roads in those conditions. Uh, So if you have questions about your tickets, I'm going to send you to our Twitter account because Vinny Maliulo came in yesterday and gave an absolutely great transparent explanation of what's going on with your tickets here at the South Point. So S-O-P-O Studio L-V. That's S-O-P-O Studio L-V on Twitter from 21 hours ago. Vinny Maliula came in, explained everything. Uh, 225 Eastern, 1125 AM Pacific if you want that video. For what happens to your tickets for that game here? All I will say is, if you bet at a different book, rules are different everywhere. So check your check your book. Some books are doing some things. South Point's doing another. So check them out again. More likely than not, just check your rules. You'll be able to see them on that. The readjustments on that that game will play tomorrow. Play tomorrow now. Uh, Buffalo still favored. The total went up. The conditions still stink. It won't be snow, but it's still going to be cold and 20-mile-an-hour consistent winds. So 10 and 37 and a half. Uh, good luck. We'll talk about that a little bit later <laughs> in the show when Matt Neverd comes in uh, as well. So just had to throw that out there. Yes, yes. So pretty good day for us yesterday, uh, especially pertaining to the wild card games. I'm glad you talked me out of the Dolphins. That game was very one-sided. Looked like they didn't really want to be there. But the Texans get it done. We were both on that side. I was not expecting that, though, from C.J. Stroud and company, but they were very prepared, and we got the two picks from Flacco, as expected. Yeah, two pick sixes. Flipped that game on its head, and in all honesty, you and I expect both are on Houston. We didn't expect that yesterday, where it turned into just a bludgeoning, and really, when, when push comes to shove for the end of Cleveland's year, look, you deal with all the quarterback injuries. Incredible accomplishments, still getting there with five starting quarterbacks. Uh, their defense was not the same unit on the road. And they were dreadful yesterday. Just carved up completely by Houston. And Houston advances uh, their first playoff game win since 2019. Now, of course, they beat Buffalo. That was Deshaun Watson making an absurd play in overtime. Uh, they then lost to Kansas City, who they might see. In the next round, Chiefs win with ease. And I, I just want to throw this out there, Alex, where you look at, if you're just going box score watching on this game, you're, 
you're going to miss some intricacies on what happened in that game yesterday from Kansas City. Where I thought their offense, yeah, they didn't finish in the red zone. They were still making stupid mistakes. They doing stuff on a negative side that they've been doing all year. I thought Mahomes played great yesterday. I did too. I, I thought he was taking what was there. He wasn't pressing. There were no turnover-worthy plays. Yeah, they need to be better in the red zone if they're going to beat a Buffalo or a Baltimore, especially on the road where they would have to go uh, have to go to Buffalo next week, assuming they handle their business. But I thought that Kansas City offense played well. Their defense has been excellent all year. They were excellent last night. And for Miami, uh, just a year where all they had to do was hold that lead against Tennessee. It wouldn't have mattered that they didn't beat anyone good except for Dallas this year. They would have had the game at home. Instead, they go out, and quite frankly, they were awful on offense last night. Defensively, they did all they could, just well yep. overmanned. And quite frankly, if Kansas City had finished, that game very easily could have been 45-7, yep. 38-7. The game wasn't competitive. No, it really wasn't. And you just said all the right points right there. Kansas City's defense is outstanding. They showed us that again yesterday. And all the injuries on Miami's side really showed up yesterday. Um, it's a shame. they were really fun to watch all year long, especially at home, this Dolphins team. But I think they'll be back next year. Um, I see people out there already saying they need to move on from Tua, and I think that's a little extreme. Uh, I think he has done an outstanding job there in Miami, especially this year, and then protecting him. So, yeah, I like this team. Excited for their future. I think they'll be, I think they'll be back next year. Yeah, it is. Be a good team first. <laughs> and that's... The simplistic take on Miami, who, again, the only team over 500 they beat all year was Dallas. I thought that more was Dallas beating themselves. And who knows? Cowboys away from home also, as we know, uh, way different. By the way, good thing that there is a retractable roof in Dallas. So the weather is there today. I know everyone's talked about the Northeast weather and the weather in Kansas City. 13 degrees in Dallas. Oh, today, wow. Which it doesn't happen very often uh, down there. Uh, but, of course, indoor game for the Packers and the Cowboys. Uh, which we will get to right now, at least our initial thoughts before we break it down throughout the hour. So it's seven. This was as high as eight behind us. Dallas laying it at home. 51 to total. We actually saw this pivot back to seven and a half overnight for a little bit here at the South Point. Gobbled up early this morning. Total only going up from 49 and a half to 51, Alex. Uh, as our friend Vincenzo would say, two-way action on the desk. I'm on one side, you're on the other. You're, uh, you're liking the home squad here. Yes, I am, especially how Dallas has looked at home all year long, averaging 40 points at home this year compared to 20 on the road. And then on the flip side, I talked about this early in the week, but this Green Bay Packers defense, led by defensive coordinator Joe Barry, they have not been great down the stretch. We saw them against Tommy DeVito, where they lost that game to the Giants. Baker Mayfield had a perfect game against them. Bryce Young put up 30 points him and that Panthers team. And then, of course, Justin Fields and that offensive coordinator was just fired. But so they haven't done great down the stretch here. Think bottom five defensively. So I think the Cowboys are going to have their way. I did lay the seven with the home team here. And after we get your point, we can kind of talk about the total and which way we lean there so, as well. So we have different numbers here. I, I took the hook. I took the seven and a half earlier in the week. Uh, I might go back and take, if we get seven and a half, and I think we will get I seven think. and a half again because we're starting to see at least 
One of them, one book is at seven and a half now. National book, uh, big properties on the strip here at Vegas. Uh, Superbook uh, has seven even. So getting to the point where you might start seeing that creep back to seven and a half as well. If we get back to seven and a half, I'm going to take some more. I just, I'm not going to be able to help myself. Now, Dallas, the numbers speak for themselves at home. We know this. They're the best home team in the NFL. They went 8 no. They bludgeoned a good collection of teams at home. Now, granted, you look at their home games, the best team they played at home this year was the Lions. Should have lost that game. And total, total, the refs totally screwed the Lions with the wrong player getting announced. That we, we all know what happened on that. Total nonsense. And part of the reason we have Dallas playing Green Bay today and instead of playing Detroit, or playing the Rams, get to Detroit and the Rams later, which is prime time tonight. But this thing for Dallas at home is one thing in the regular season. Now we're in the postseason. Now this is where the old Mike McCarthy tax comes in. And I think Mike McCarthy's all in all had a really good year. I think he's good play caller. His offense has been significantly better this year with him calling the plays as opposed to Kellen Moore the last few years. But at some point, and we, it should have bit him in the Detroit game. The clock management coupled with the play calling late in the game gave Detroit extra time, and, he, and it should have cost him. He should have lost that game. He does something like that in the playoff game. He's not going to survive it. You're not going to be able to get away with it, no matter how much better you may think Dallas is than Green Bay or think Dallas is better than Detroit if that's the next-round matchup, whoever they end up drawing if they win this game. If this game is close, it favors Green Bay. I know that's weird to say about a team on the road, but there is a coaching advantage. Even though LaFleur has had his problems in the postseason, still aggravated about him kicking that field goal in that NFC title game against Tampa down there with, with four minutes to go. So I'm on the Packers. I like Jordan Love as well. Really, no, There's really no pressure in this game for Green Bay. That's right. Not supposed to be here. Big underdog. Supposed to lose. Win this game. You go on the road. You're supposed to lose next week as well. So kind of a free roll here for the Packers in a year where win total was eight and a half. Supposed to miss the playoffs. They're projected to finish last by the betting markets going into the year. Actually, their win total was seven and a half, I should say. It's a free roll. Total free roll for Green Bay being here. And Jordan Love has played very good as of late. Nine touch, nine passing touchdowns to zero interceptions in the last four games. But he does have 11 on the season. I'm interested to see how he does in this spot. I should have brought this up earlier, but quarterbacks making their first playoff start 23-38 against the spread. Now we can make that 24-38 and 38 because C.J. Stroud just got his first win in the playoffs yesterday. But it should be a good game. I mean, that's why I want to talk about the total, too, because numbers do lean to the over. And if you think that Green Bay is going to be able to move the ball and put on some points, I think this um, might be an over game as well. Wouldn't shock me. Don't, definitely don't want the under. Now, yeah. I'm not going to – I don't have a play on the total. There's nothing there. Uh, actually, I'll ask you this. Would you look at team totals here? Since you like Dallas, would you be more inclined to actually take a Dallas team total over in this game as opposed to just taking the full game over? I don't know because Dallas's team total, I think it's like 28 and a half, something pretty high. What's interesting to me is the Packers team total is only 20 and a half. 
Okay. And that's a little more intriguing to me because I do think they'll hang in here. But yeah, neither of those really stood out to me a lot. I I'm just on the the home team here to cover. So, and I don't have a play on the total either because I mean a lot of you can make a lot of cases. Packers averaging 25 points a game on the road, third best. Cowboys five and two to the over at home. But then there's this one tricky part where when the line's over 48, Dallas is 0 and five to the over. So, yeah. So that th- that took me off of overs period in this game. But Let's, we'll circle back. Matt never with us in about 40 minutes. We'll get his thoughts on this game. We'll also get Vinny's thoughts in the next hour on where the numbers have moved overnight and everything else from the behind the counter perspective. Let's go to some college hoops, though, because there are a few games starting at the top of the hour that we want to get in before they get rolling. Don't worry. We'll get your talk about the Lions and the Packers right at the top, or excuse me, the Lions and the Rams right at the top of the hour. Let's start with these games that started 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, and let's start in the state of Connecticut. UConn taking on Georgetown. It's funny for this game. Connecticut 21, total 145. The, the side has not moved. Other than a one book, the side has been stuck at 21 since the overnights came out. There's 121 and a half out there. But that's been it. The total has gone all over the map. And it's 145 behind us. It's as low as 144 in one shop. It's as high as 146 in another. So this is whatever you like shop for these to- for this total in this game. All I will preface this by saying is I don't have a play on this game. But I have been inclined to take UConn overs in these mismatches where game against Xavier went over the other night. Butler game went way over uh, last week. Uh, yeah, I know that St. Paul didn't help me enough in that other one that didn't go over. But in non-con, and these totals in the 150s, they were going over. Now we're back in the 140s. Now, the only way Georgetown can realistically stay in this game is if they grind this thing out, which they play slow. They're 265th in the, in the nation in tempo. They are awful on defense, though. And this is the type of team that UConn, if UConn's going to roll 100 up on someone, even in a slower-paced game, they could do it. Uh, against that Georgetown defense. I would only lean to the over. I'm not getting there, though, because I just... The outs here in Vegas, the better numbers are outside of Nevada. Those 144s and those 144.5s are outside of the state of Nevada. If you're out there, I don't mind going over those type of numbers. Absolutely. So I didn't even realize it moved up this much. I grabbed over 142.5 last night because I'm with you. I think over is the way to go here. UConn, three straight overs. And when their shots are going in and if they're making 50% or more of their shots, they're five and one to the over. And then we saw, you already talked about Georgetown, TCU, Syracuse, Creighton, Seton Hall. They had no problems. They all shot over 52% in their games against them. So I like the over. I think 145 is still okay, but I do agree with you. Shop around and try and get the best number if you can get 144. UConn right now, 14 and two. To me, clearly the best team in the Big East, where Marquette is underwater in conference right now. Creighton fortunate to get out of a got out of there with a win yesterday against St. John's, who shocked me. They end up being third best team in the league by the end of the year with the way they've improved. Uh, Xavier, by the way, uh, a win on the road at Providence. Providence is just since that injury to Hopkins, they have 
just melted four straight losses and not a not a huge fan of their coach that they that they brought in Kimmy Lynch. What are you gonna do? Cooley leaves, but big downgrade there, and we've already seen it in Big East play uh for Providence. But UConn in a different level, uh, off their championship, still the elite of the elite in the conference. And you've been talking about this team since beginning of the season you even said you wouldn't mind having a future card on them even though it is so hard to go back to back but it's brutal to go back to back but look they're they're built they lost a lot of pieces off of last year's team but when you have tristan newton you can still go a big run and also to alex and we kind of saw this yesterday and we've seen it all week i mean yesterday in college hoops houston loses again on the road as a small favorite against dcu Arizona goes up to the Palouse and loses to Wazoo outright. Yep. Uh, the, there is a distinct, at least to me, there is a distinct home court this year, regardless of what the team's ability is, for the most part. Now, of course, you can have your games where road teams come in. St. Mary's did it to our, our guys from Santa Clara yesterday, where they were up by 30 at halftime, just a total behind whipping. Tennessee still went on the road and, and, and came from behind to beat Georgia yesterday. But, I mean, look at ranked teams yesterday that were on the road. Yes, I know Oklahoma was a reasonably sized underdog at Kansas. Kansas covered that number at home. Uh, Kentucky went on the road. They didn't cover as an underdog against Texas A&M. Texas A&M won that game in overtime, 97-92. How about North Carolina yesterday winning by almost 40 in a game that wasn't even that competitive against Syracuse? Um, Wisconsin found a way to cover late against North uh, Northwestern, New Mexico, Pomeroy, San Diego State yes, after the first did. fifteen minutes of the game. Uh, finally, a, a, a win you can be proud of there in New Mexico, and really a big resume booster for the Lobos. I, I just think there's a distinct home court this year across the board that even teams that don't have the greatest home court advantage should get at least brought up to me a half point. Because this the talent gap is so is so much closer than usual in college hoops that just being at home actually I think means more now. I don't think we can talk about it enough because you're right. It is such a big factor in these games, and we're seeing it more and more through, as the season goes on. And you mentioned factor. You have the crowd there, and then it also kind of helps you with the refs and the calls Does, that they make. Hurt. <laughs> so yeah, I we're definitely going to keep tracking this and seeing, and then. We've talked about it off air too, kind of uh, staying off those home, I mean, those road favorites, right? Right now we're looking for those home dogs that we really like. I do have one coming up later too that I like today. By the way, Purdue yesterday, no problem. They annihilated Penn State yesterday. We knew that. We knew that? Bounce back spot. They were going to come out. Yeah. Well, Penn State did end up covering, didn't they? They weren't they again 18 and a half when it was all said and done in that game yesterday? Let me check that. John, uh. Sean, you ended up betting the overnight. That, yes. that got there. That got there. Uh, on you are right. So it closed yeah. 18 and state covered by one. Yeah, covered. Went down 20 at halftime. Got there. Hey, there is some war. There is some merit to taking gigantic underdogs in conference play still um, with, with that one. By the way, West Virginia, that was one of the rare Big 12 things that actually worked yesterday for me. West Virginia won outright against Texas. So still look for those pot plays that look, that still look pretty crystal clear where Texas had the dramatic win in Cincinnati earlier in the week, had to play a second consecutive road game on the East coast and West Virginia, who by every account is the worst team in the big 12 
actually basically went wire to wire in that game, winning by three against Texas. All right, other game at 9 a.m. Pacific noon east to the Big Ten. We're waiting on Michigan State. We're still waiting on them. Uh, they lost earlier in the week in Champaign. They did cover that game. They lost by three. Now they welcome in Rutgers, who has just had problems scoring the basketball this year, Alex. Behind us is 11. That's the market high. 137 is the total in this game. I can't do anything here. Uh, I don't really like this Michigan State team. I think they are what they are at this point. I think they're a talented team that has, again, gotten off to a horrible start in conference. They're 1-4. They're 11-9 and nine overall. Got to start stacking some wins. But I can't. I don't trust Rutgers. They covered numbers, even a big number like this, because I just don't trust their offense away from the rack. I think the best play in this one is under. under. I went under 137.5. I like it still here at 137. Rutgers 11-4 and four to the under this season, and that is because they are much better defensively than offensively, ranked seventh on Ken Palm, and they've just struggled offensively all year long. Michigan State plays at a little bit of a slower pace, so I would lean to them, but like you said, 11 points is a lot. They are 8-2 and two at home this season, but and 7-3 and three ATS, but conference game, I like the under in this one. Under for Alex, uh, 137, the peak of the market right now, if you want to get the best of it. Uh, to go under it. Let's go to Florida Atlantic. FAU fortunate to get out of New Orleans with a win the other night. A foul on a three-point shot went under a second to go. They win on the free throws by one. Uh, it has not been a particularly start in American athletic play for the Owls, a Final Four team a year ago. Uh, the loss to Charlotte. Uh, yeah, they beat ECU. Escape New Orleans the last game before conference play. They lose to a Florida Gulf Coast team who's not any good. Uh, now they get UAB. Now, I will say this. The one home game FAU played, they comfortably beat East, East Carolina. Now today, Alex, they are big favorites. They're 15 and a half. Total's 152 and a half behind us. There's some 152 out there. I, this is a complex one where it does kind of scream, get yourself right. And you can lay the lumber and probably get away with it at FAU. I'm not really comfortable laying that many points in a conference game, even though, again, it's, to me, a UAB team that, yeah, they're not UTSA, they're not Rice, they're not the bottom of the barrel in the American, but they're a pretty mediocre basketball team. Uh, so I'm staying off on the side, but you did have a look on a total in this game. Yeah, I lean to the over here. I didn't play it yet, though. Um, UAB won six straight, but just covered in one of those. Um, they are nine and five to the over, though. But on the other side, FAU is nine and seven to the under. So that kind of kept me off of this one. I'm not sure what we're going to get from the Blazers here to help us get over that total. But I'm with you. I think it is a get right game for FAU. Just not comfortable laying that much either. Let's go to. Memphis and Wichita State, which was a discussion point in his studio this morning. Memphis four and a half point favorites uh, on the road in Wichita of 157 a total. That actually just got bopped up. This is the market on the totals all over the place. As low as 155 and a half, as high as 157 in this one. I have nothing. Uh, Memphis, you know, Memphis is on a nine-game winning streak, which is good for fifth longest in, in college hoops. Their only losses were 
in Atlantis against Villanova, and then they flipped around and lost that close game to Ole Miss. They probably should have won uh, down at Oxford. They were fortunate to beat a really bad UTSA team earlier in the week to beat them in overtime. Uh, they needed a buzzer beater to beat Tulsa on the road, who's not any good either. Uh, they're just asking to get beat. Now, the problem is, is Wichita State the team that's capable of doing it, even with a really good home court advantage at uh, Coke Arena uh, in Wichita? I don't think they are. I'm staying off, but we'll say, if Wichita's a lead at halftime, this probably is a good, let's see how Memphis is playing, at least if they're getting good shots, come back the other way, take some points, take or lay the points at halftime with Memphis and go with a better number than what is out there right now for I love that advice because this is one that I kind of broke the rule. I did lay the points here with Memphis, and you just said it. Nice little win streak they're on here. I haven't lost since December 2nd, which you mentioned it was Ole Miss. They're 3-0 and in conference, but they are 0-3 ATS. So I think this is a game where they get right. I know it's a tough place to play, but I felt comfortable with the 4.5. I think Memphis can win by 8-10 to 10 in this one. Going to Maryland at Illinois. Two, both of these teams winning on Thursday. Good win for Maryland against Michigan. Honestly, good. Any win is a good win for the Terps in conference play. Uh, Illinois, still without Terrence Shannon. We're not going to see him for a while. We may not see him again this year. Off the court issues. Illinois nine in this game at home at Assembly Hall. At 139 and a half. Again, this has been a weird total where there are an array of totals out there on a lot of these games. Behind us is 139 and a half. The peak is 140. The bottom is 138. So this has been just one of those days. And again, this is the importance of being able to shop around on these college basketball totals. But I can't remember at least a sh this short. This happens on Saturdays all the time because there's a zillion games. Right. But on a shorter Sunday card, this is, we've talked about four games. An array of totals on three of them so far. So it, shop around if you like the total on this game. If you like it, under, find the peak of it. If you like the over, find the bottom of it. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny because I was thinking I have a lot of plays for a Sunday compared to yesterday where I was very picky and yeah. you were like, I have way too many. But a lot of things just jumped out to me. And this is another under that I took. Um, Illinois is really good and especially really good defensively. They're six and four to the under at home this year. So Shop around, like you said, get the best number, but I'm comfortable going under 139.5 in this one. The rest of the day in college hoops, we'll get to some other games a little bit later because there are some Pac-12 games yeah. later in the day. It just, not much that I really like. Uh, Iona 5 against Mount St. Mary's is okay. Uh, you missed the best. It was 4 overnight. Still think it's okay at 5 on the Gales. Reasonable home court. They are down from they were a year ago, of course. Uh, last year in the NCAA tournament, losing to UConn. Uh, Tobin Anderson, who coached Fairleigh Dickinson to the historic win against Purdue, now to coach there. Of course, Patino uh, at St. John's. Uh, the rest of the cards is not much there, at least uh, at least on my end. Uh, Does Stanford I, jump out to you at all? Get to them a little later. Okay. The only other one that I can the only other one I can really justify potentially here is taking Delaware plus the points against Wilmington. Got to get five there are some fives out there i do like i don't mind that on the blue hens but again these sunday cards are way less games saturday they do a better job of splitting these up where saturday legitimately yesterday was 100 and 
51 games yesterday. And now today, we're, yeah, we're, down, we're down to 15, basically, yeah. across the board. Uh, split them up. Let's go. Split them up. I know we do a better <laughs> job as the season goes along. You don't want to get, go against the NFL, but come on now. Yeah, be, now, because of the change with Buffalo moving to Monday, we only have two NFL games today. So yes, we do. We could have plenty of college basketball this morning. Yeah, we'll, there's plenty of there's NBA action as well. Also, there's no, why does hockey only have two games? What's going on here? It's Sunday. Play at least six. They had, there were so they, many they games yesterday. Yep. I, I understand that. But there are only two, and one of them gets going at 1 o'clock Eastern time at Madison Square Garden with the Rangers and the Cavs. You know uh, I like that under. You do? Of course. Washington unders. Washington yes. unders. So a six. Under six. Say it right good. now. There you go. Washington and the, and the Rangers under six. Yes. That's been historically great with Washington, but it's been good this year. It has been very good this year. And we have two really good goalies going. Igor Shesterkin for the Rangers and um, Kemper for Washington. So I like it. Um, Washington is 24 and 15 to the under this year. And that's Anything, it. That's my only hockey. No, nothing so. on Detroit. And, no. no the, the original six is playing in uh, in Toronto today with a total of seven. Great. Seven. Good seven. I always love seeing that in the NHL. Yeah, and it hasn't gotten there very often this year. We, we've seen some very high-scoring games, but it's very rare that it's on the ones where the totals are set at seven. If I was to do anything, I'd probably look at the puck line here with the Red Wings getting that one and a half. I did that yesterday, and they won outright. So this Detroit team, they're they're good. And um, both teams are playing on back-to-back. They both played yesterday, as well as Washington and the Rangers. So weird things could happen. You don't know who's going to show up and who has um, the mental, you know, who's mentally prepared for their back-to-back games. But that's the way I would go in that one. Let's, uh, let's hit a quick break. we get back, we will look at Detroit and the Rams. We'll also look at... The NBA card, maybe Alex has something there. I know our guy Sean at least has something uh, on the NBA card today. But let's see where we go. On this Sunday, again, Buffalo and Pittsburgh, not an hour away. If you missed it yesterday, postponed because of the weather in Western New York. They'll play tomorrow afternoon in Buffalo with the winner advancing to the divisional round, a 4.30 kick tomorrow for that game. We're back with more next. Sports by the Book, South Point Studio. We have 11 amazing restaurants featuring a wide variety for every price range and appetite. South Point's Garden Buffet has something for everyone at unbeatable prices. Or if hunger strikes in the middle of the night, join us at Coronado Cafe. The American menu offers breakfast, lunch, or dinner 24 hours a day. Plus a Chinese kitchen for authentic Chinese dishes from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. From steak and eggs to wonton soup, it's fast and friendly service, 24-7. When you need a quick pick-me-up, you can find it at our state-of-the-art Starbucks just inside the main South Point entrance. Order ahead with the Starbucks app for easy mobile order pickups. Or enjoy your favorites in the relaxing dining area anytime, day or night. If you love Mexican food, Baja Miguel's has all of your South of the Border favorites. There are dozens of classics to choose from, like fajitas, ceviche, chimichangas, tacos, and more. And for spirit lovers, Baja's colorful non-smoking tequila bar is right outside. Or maybe you're in the mood for seafood. 
Big Sur Oyster Bar has fresh seafood prepared right before your eyes. Savor freshly shucked oysters, crab legs jambalaya, shrimp and lobster, beers on tap, and a selection of fine wines are perfect to pair with your seafood favorite. Whether lunch or dinner, you'll love this fun atmosphere located just off the casino floor. Ready to shake things up? Step back in time and treat yourself to one of the oldest restaurant chains in the country. Steak and Shake, famous for original mouth-watering steak burgers and hand-dipped milkshakes in a variety of flavors. For some old-fashioned fun, try Steak and Shake. Welcome back in Sports by the Books, the show. South Point Studio. I'm Jeff Parles, Alex White alongside. We'll see our friend Vinny Maliola in a few minutes. Matt Neverett as well coming along. We'll actually uh, be able to talk with our friend Matt Neverett, who you've uh, seen a little more of moving forward here on the program. Uh, of course, uh, in town, play-by-play man. Hear him on, uh, on UNLV football yes. on, on the local television here. You hear him, uh, Aviators as well. Uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting things because Matt does a lot of work. He does. He does. And he does a great job yes, on both of those. Yes, he does. We'll be hearing from him in a, in a little bit. His thoughts on the NFL uh, and more uh, as we get going underway uh, with those college games we were talking about. Michigan State early 2 nothing lead. Georgetown. There you go. If you bet Georgetown to have the first bucket of the game, congratulations. You're home uh, against UConn with a 2 nothing lead uh, for. Might get Cooley to talk School. some in-game again like we did yesterday with these. So. That'll be fun. Well, we it was a shame we were not on the air when Tennessee fell down by 10 in the second half against Georgia. That's one thing I actually did get right. See how it all plays out here in college hoops today. Uh, now, when I, I before we go to the Rams and, and the Lions, I do want to just touch quickly on the NBA. Uh, I Again, I've said this on this show. I If there is an NBA bet pre-flop that I make, please check on me. <laughs> Because that means that something has gone wrong. Because I just, in the regular season, unless if there is just such a like ridiculous spot or something that the number's way off, which doesn't happen very often, I don't play much. The games today in the NBA, Denver's 10.5 against Indiana, 240 to total. Miami's 8.5 against Charlotte, 8.5, uh, 224. Clippers, two on the road against Minnesota, good game. In Minneapolis today, Sacramento's four and a half point dogs in Milwaukee and Portland is 11 point dogs at home against Phoenix. Yeah. So since we've been doing so much college basketball, I haven't been betting a whole lot of NBA either, but yeah, you're right. That Clippers Minnesota game definitely stood out to me. Have to keep an eye on that one, but right now we'll, we'll jump back into it, especially with NFL slowing down. We'll get some more NBA bets coming soon. Going back to the NFL, by the way, real real quick here uh, on the NFL mix here. You missed it earlier. Alex on Dallas. I'm on Green Bay. Lean to the over for both of us. I didn't say that officially, but it is a lean to the over, even though the total has gone up. Uh, would be surprised if that is a low-scoring, grinded-out game. To the late game we go with the Rams on the road at Detroit. Lions' first home playoff game in 30 years, and they welcome in, of course, Matthew Stafford. Ah, isn't, isn't karma funny sometimes? Three-point favorites, 53. So the total's been hit up here now from 52 to 53. 
Toggler between three and a half and three, Alex. What are we looking at here now that we're on the day? Well, it's unfortunate that it's bumped up all the way to 53 now because my strong play was over 51 and a half. I thought it was still good at 52, but now we're getting a little high here. The Rams are 6-1-0 and to the over in their last seven. That one under landed at 48. That was against the Commanders. They averaged 24 points a game since their bye week. They're 7-1 straight up, 6-2 ATS. They scored more than 28 in five of their last eight games. The Rams are playing outstanding, especially offensively with Matthew Stafford. They have a great combo with Kyron Williams with their run game. And then, of course, Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. On the flip side, the Lions averaging 27 points a game, 30 and a half at home. They also average 409 yards per game. Um, they have the fourth most 20-plus rushing gains and third most 40-yard passing plays. So I think both of these offenses are going to get going. We know how much it means to both sides. Everyone knows about that infamous trade between Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford. Helped the Rams, of course, win that Super Bowl. So it's a lot on the line for these two. The more I dig into it, I do think I'm leaning more towards the Lions. I think we might be on the flip side there. But that three makes me nervous with them covering that. But I I would lean Lions to win this one. I have gone back and forth on if I want to bet this game the whole the whole week where it feels like the Rams are going to be a popular money line play. Probably a lot of people out there, especially public bettors, are going to forego the three points and just take a plus 150 money line. I know it's plus 140 behind us, but take a money line on the Rams. I want to see how Detroit functions in this spot. This is this is brand new. Now, yes, I know Goff has played in the Super Bowl. I get that. But for everybody else here, first time Dan Campbell's been a head coach in the NFL. It's the first time that this coaching staff as a whole, forget just Campbell, all these guys have coached in the in the playoffs. Ben Johnson, Aaron Glenn on the defensive side. This defense, pass defense, has been bad the last two months. Pass defense, yes. And the Rams, even though Kyron Williams has had an awesome rookie season and in normal years would actually be in the discussion for offensive rookie, but he's not even the best offensive rookie on his own offense. And CJ Stroud is playing football this year. Um, it's very hard to go out and, and realistically take the, uh, take, take the Rams for me though, in this spot for one reason. This feels like this is going to be a monster home field advantage for Detroit, where that crowd the first time there in 30 years that they're having this game, having a home game in the playoffs. And the Lions are just are just so I, I, what's the right what's the right word here? I think the city's ready. And I think that team, at least for this one game, I don't know if they'll be able to get up the same way if they play Dallas next week. Where it could be one of those, all right, we won the playoff game, we won the home playoff game, we're out of gas. So it would be one week only with Detroit. The reason I've, I haven't bet this at all, because one thought is, hey, this is clearly a Ram bet. The other thought is, I'm, in my brain is, hey, this is clearly a Detroit bet, which means it's the classic, hey, you can't play this game. I, I get it. I think a lot of us are the same way, and I've been doing the same thing all week. That's why I said now that we're getting to game day, I think I will have a bet on the Lions. And I like what you said. I do. I think they will give it their all in this one game against Matthew Stafford and the Rams here. I do think the Rams have a little bit of a coaching advantage. 
with Sean McVay, and I do worry about Dan Campbell a little bit with his gambling. I know it's good at some spots, but it can be very costly at others, just like that Cowboys game when he continued to go for two instead of tying the game to go to overtime. But they have a really good run defense. You mentioned the Lions don't have a great pass defense, but if they can slow down Kyron Williams and make their offense a little bit more one-dimensional, force Matthew Stafford to throw it, I think they can um, also get ahead first. They have a great run game. They have Gibbs and Montgomery. So if they can score first, if they can get a lead, I think they can keep it. The problem for me is if they are playing from behind, I think it'll be the Rams game there. The total, again, has been what's been hit more than anything. 53 all the way up there on that one with the, with the Rams and the Lions. All right, you know, we're going to take a quick break. We get back. We're going to put our guy, Matt Neverd on, who just walked in. We'll also hear from our guy, Vinny Maliula. So we've been hearing from, from a lot of people here over the next few minutes. Um, actually, just walking in right now. Vincenzo. We'll get Vincenzo first when we get back here on Sports by the Book. South Point is also proud to provide a variety of relaxing amenities for the guests who want to be pampered. Soak up the sun and let your stress melt away in our lagoon-style paradise swimming pool. A relaxing getaway where you can bask in the desert sun and enjoy seasonal food and bar service poolside. And if you really want to escape, come to Spa Costa del Sur. From couple suites to a co-ed wet area, our spa caters to business and leisure travelers who want to unwind and elevate their senses. A visit to one of our spa's steam, sauna, or whirlpool treatment rooms will leave any guest feeling like they can take on the world. Our gaming amenities include over 60 table games and over 2,600 of the most popular slot and video poker machines. We have penny slots, including the popular Buffalo games and real machines like Wheel of Fortune, Triple Sevens, and Mega Bucks. If you prefer video poker, try Deuces Wild, Double Double Bonus, or a variety of multi-denomination games. Or try your hand at one of the most popular casino table games in the world, Blackjack. Don't let the game intimidate you. Blackjack, also known as 21, is both easy and fun. And our dealers are always happy to assist. And the best part, Blackjack always pays three to two. Next, check out the roulette tables. Roulette is one of the easiest casino games to learn and so much fun to play. It's a favorite of both beginners and seasoned players. In addition to Blackjack and Roulette, our casino pit features over 60 popular table games like Baccarat, Pie Gal Poker, Three Card Poker, Ultimate Texas Hold'em, and Mississippi Stud. So get out of your room and come join in the fun. Welcome back in. It's Sports by the Book here at the South Point Studio. I'm Jeff Biles. Alex White's here and the team player. That's right. The hair. Here I am. A Hall of Famer. Vinny Maliolo is here. Jeff, Alex, what's happening? Team, how's everybody? Good? Everybody cashing tickets? Never it is, apparently. That's right. I'm sure he'll be. Don't, but don't, don't talk about it. Just, just keep plowing ahead. Just cashing. Cashing. So, Vinny, let's. Circle back to yesterday yes. real quick before we get to today and tomorrow. Um, first off, as I said at the beginning of the show, Vinny put, came in yesterday and gave 
as transparent of an explanation as you will ever hear on what happens to your tickets with Buffalo and Pittsburgh. So if you missed that, mm-hmm. go to our Twitter account, SLPO Studio LV, and the whole three-minute video of what happens to your tickets here at the South Point. If you had a bet before the game was officially moved, Correct. which, by the way, we might be having to do that again with the weather in New York where it just looks They might so, play that game, but they before, might play it on Wednesday before March right? Madness. Yeah. Um, but um, the explanations on our Twitter account. Yeah. So for yesterday, mm-hmm. Texans roll. So yes. dog wins out, right? Mm-hmm. Kansas City rolls. Didn't matter what number you had. Kansas City got there last night. Uh, I would imagine, Vinny, that that the late game was the under was good, but the side was not great for you guys. Well, I mean, the first game was over gets there, and the dog wins. So, <laughs> well, the uh, the first game was was a good game. Yeah. It was a good result for the house. The second game there was there was quite a bit of uh, support for the Chiefs. I mean, the game opened three, it closed five. Uh, in fact, it was at five and a half before we got any any buyback. Uh, on the uh, on the Dolphins. So, um, as far as the total, you know, they did they did come in on the under too. You know, I mean, it closed uh, forty three. We did get some over money. Uh, sorry, closed at forty three and a half. But um, it, it was a good mix. I mean, anytime you, you have a, a, a balance, right? So we had one dog, and the dog won out, right? Remember uh, when Chris and I were in the other day? Chris Andrews, uh, director here at South Point. Uh, we were in the other day. We were talking about, you know. You need you need some dogs. You need some favorites. We we don't always need underdogs. I mean, and and when you have a weekend like this, where there are six playoff games, which draw enormous betting interest, uh, not just amongst themselves, but tied to other sports as well. Right, full on NBA cards. Believe it or not, yesterday every NHL team, all thirty two teams played mm-hmm. yesterday in the NHL. Um, college basketball, we had an enormous schedule yesterday. So there's a lot of cross-sport activity, activity as well. So the, the, the reality is, from our side of the counter, is we need that, that balance. Uh, we do need some favorites on occasion. So, uh, and again, Jeff, to your point, and I'm glad you brought it up again, if, if, you, if you had, uh, and this was here at South Point, where, the house rules are very specific about an event having to go uh, on the scheduled date. Now, again, are all sports books the same? When, when we left the studio yesterday, we were still being asked questions. And even on, on my way in this, uh, just now, folks are asking, well, what happens to my – if I bet the, the Bills-Steelers game uh, you know, on Wednesday, what happens? I said, well, where where did you bet it? If you bet it here, here's what happens. You bet it elsewhere. If you bet, else. you, you have to go check if you bet it elsewhere. So here, everything about the uh, Steelers Bills game prior to it being moved was a refund here at South Point. Game a new game was immediately set up, uh, and uh, again, uh, to your point, it's uh, it's on our our YouTube channel and. Uh, Hopefully, it's uh, it's something that uh, folks will will watch, and uh, it'll it'll give a full explanation. Looking at tonight's yeah. games, I know Chris mentioned that you have a lot of futures on the Rams. So Browns and the Rams. Well, one okay. of them are gone. Yeah, <laughs> uh, 
Uh, but yeah, there's uh, there's a lot of interest in the Rams, Alex. Uh, to your point, you know. But you know, listen, the thing about it is, um, there, but we've got all the other teams that are that we're in good shape with, right? Uh, and and the good thing is that the futures are are still open. So let's say, let's say the Rams prevail today. Well, um, that exposure remains. However, we've still got the remainder of the playoff rounds. Uh, and of course, props, uh, you know, the exacta, you know, the, you know, you can have those things going for you. So, uh, as, as an operator, what you do in that situation, Alex, which is, which is a good point, uh, by you to bring up because there are ways to mitigate that, uh, that exposure and you utilize other, uh, betting options to, 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 you know, you're, you're affording folks options as well. Let's say you're a better with the Rams and you're in a, in a good position with the Rams and you got them at a at a good price uh, uh, when they were n- not the current in current form, right? I mean, they before their their buy they were they were a, a, a much different team, and so as a better you should look at your position with them, right? Uh, depending on how much you bet, what is what? So what's your investment? What do you stand to win slash benefit and is there an opportunity for you to do something with either other futures other proposition bets other games and things like that so um put yourself in a good position and if you listen i know people that'll say you know what i really am uh uh you know i'm i'm, I'm bullish on them and i'm going to stick with them i'm going to ride it out and or even i've seen people press it up even on some in some cases but if you've got a good position with the Rams or any other team, for that matter, I, I actually have a, a, a somebody I know that has a really good position on the Ravens. Okay. Since the, before the season, and he went out and he just kept, you know, if he was out and about, give me a hundred on the Ravens, you know, give me fifty. He's got about twenty tickets on the Ravens to win about eight thousand. So he's got a nice little position there. Now he's got the number one seed. Now, the thing is, they're going to be a favorite in, in just about every game. Uh, maybe, you know, depending on who they meet in the Super Bowl. Uh, uh, but, but by the same token, uh, there, there's somebody that's, uh, that's in, a, in a nice position and uh, stands to, to do uh, quite well. Watch what happens this weekend and then lay out uh, his uh, strategy for that, uh, for that particular uh, option that he's got. Going to Dallas real quick. Yeah. Vinny. I would imagine we are going to, at some point today, see the Dallas money come back. Uh, we obviously, you were at eight, seven and a half, now seven. Yeah, we went to seven and a half last night and came back. Yeah, to, exactly. Yeah, to this, seven today, yeah. yeah but I, I would imagine still that this game, single, single window game, everyone's going to be antsy by the time this game starts with no 10 a.m. game also that people are going to come flying in and start in bed in Dallas again at some point. Well, Cowboys are one of the bigger teaser plays. That, yeah, well, that's, that too. That's for yeah. sure. So um, there's no question that um, I think it's safe to say we'll, 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 need, to, we'll need the Packers in this game. Um, and then, you know, there's a pretty good two-way action. And in, in, in the Rams game, it's, you know, it's, it's pretty basic, right? Uh, taking three and a half with the Rams or laying the three with the, with the Lions. So, uh, but two, two good games again. And, and you know, the, these times didn't move, so they're positioned nicely. So 
So here we have college basketball this morning, right, which is front and center. And as we get closer to uh, to midday, then there'll be a lot of uh, a lot of support uh, uh, for the uh, for the, uh, the the midday game and the late game. But uh, to your point, Jeff, yes, I think there'll be more support for the Cowboys as we get closer to kickoff. Big move in the total mm-hmm. for the Rams and Lions game. Yeah, 53. I mean, uh, we were on yesterday. It was uh, like 51, 51 and a half. Um, no real surprise here, right? You've got the, uh, you know, the, the running game of, uh, of uh, Detroit going against uh, the Rams and the, uh, the passing game uh, of the Rams going against the, the Detroit secondary. So uh, I'm, I'm not real surprised. Actually, you... Uh, had mentioned it the other day, Alex, that you uh, you 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 liked the the over when it was uh, uh, fifty one, and initially it came down, uh, but that we knew it would uh, would come back up. So you you I'm sure you went over fifty one. I got a good number. That a girl, that's right. You watched the show. <laughs> Excellent. So yeah, and then uh, you know tomorrow, uh, real quick, uh, the. Uh, the Steelers Bills. We opened the bill. We reopened the Bills. I should say at nine and a half, and they're up to ten. Uh, that total is uh, holding steady at thirty-eight. And the uh, here's another toggler uh, with the Eagles um, and the Buccaneers. Um, when we get to three, taking the uh, three with the uh, the home dog, uh, Bucks, and then uh, laying two and a half. Right now we're at two and a half, uh, and this total is about forty-three, holding pretty steady right now. So AJ, so going to tomorrow real quick, like you just yeah. mentioned, AJ Brown's out. Uh, yeah, very easily not see AJ Brown again in an Eagle uniform. Period. Actually. I think he had surgery. Did he have arthroscopic I surgery I, I yesterday or something? I saw maybe, something maybe a, quick scope, a blurb on the way in. Re- regardless, he's he's not there tomorrow. He's, he's gone. Yeah. Uh, Move the half point off of that from three to two and a half. Uh, you know, Vinny, we'll be able to have this conversation tomorrow uh, when we get closer to yeah. kick. And honestly, now that we go double double header, double header, double header across the board, it's mm-hmm. going to be. It'll be interesting to see how this one moves, at least that like in the hour preceding the first game tomorrow as well. Yeah, good point, Jeff. Because now, now let's remember this: there'll be carryover for the uh, for that game just between the two games tomorrow. But don't forget that's also the sixth game of the playoffs, yeah. so everything is going to be going to it. And and again, the carryover is, you know impacts. Uh, you know, the number as well <clears throat> because it impacts the exposure. So, again, if we get a good balance uh, of, of, of dog and, uh, uh, and favorites, uh, dogs and favorites uh, leading up to that game, certainly probably a bit more stability. You'll probably see the toggling uh, that we've seen so far. But, uh, you know, it, it may go, uh, it may go uh, through, uh, through three tomorrow, but... Uh, I, I don't uh, I, I don't I'm not so sure that's going to happen. All right, Vinny, we'll let you go back to work. I'm going back. We'll let you go Behind back to work. Vinny Malu, right. everyone, we're gonna take a quick break ourselves. We'll uh, be trading spots. Hockey shift time. Matt Neverett joins us on the desk next. Sports by the book. If you're celebrating a special occasion or just love fine dining, you're in the right place. Come experience the crown jewel of South Point restaurants, Michael's Gourmet Room. Welcome. With over 600 different types of wines and magnificent dishes prepared tableside, you'll revel in the rich classic Vegas decor and the best black tie service in the world. This intimate gourmet room has earned accolades galore. 
Come to Michael's Gourmet Room for an unforgettable dining experience. Another famous restaurant is the Silverado Steakhouse, where you'll find the charm and service that discerning patrons require. From top quality steaks and chops to fresh seafood and desserts, you'll love the award-winning wine list and menu at Silverado Steakhouse. Steak lovers have even more options with primarily prime rib. Catering to hearty appetites, the menu features a variety of flavorful prime rib cuts, dry aged to ensure tenderness, and then seasoned and slowly roasted. Although prime rib is our specialty, it's not the only thing on the menu. There's something for everyone. And if you're craving a taste of Italy, come experience delicious Italian cuisine and the attentive service at Don Vito's. Our culinary team starts with the freshest ingredients and transforms them into traditional favorites. And don't forget Italian desserts. Don Vito's, savor the taste of Italy. Finally, if sushi is more your style, join us at the popular Zenshin Asian restaurant and sushi bar, where we're serving up the freshest sashimi, nigiri, and sushi rolls. And beyond the sushi, an exciting contemporary Asian cuisine menu plus a variety of specialty drinks, Japanese and domestic beer, wine, and sake. Balance your hunger with Zenshin. Welcome back in. Final half hour for us here on Sports by the Book. I'm Jeff Parles. Alex White is here, now joining us. And you know what? I'll just go out and say it. Man who will be hosting the show two days a week moving forward because we're moving to seven days a week starting this Tuesday. Super excited. Yes. Our guy, Matt Neverett is here. Uh, starting this week, you'll see Matt on Tuesday and Wednesday this week. Next week, we'll see him moving forward on Monday and Tuesday. I'm just here to give you a, a breather, you know. Send you, send you to the bench. <laughs> I, I'll go in and get I, a couple I, of fouls. I, I, look, I, I don't know if you're just send, sending me out for good. I don't, I don't, know, I don't know if that's for sure, but we, we, we're, we're thrilled to have you on. Um, we're thrilled to have you here this morning as well. Yeah, uh, I, we definitely need we definitely need your help. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, in all seriousness, though, uh, you know it's 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 good to have you along uh, hosting these shows now moving forward. Yeah, no, excited to help. All, all joking aside, you know it's been it's been great working at at this studio for a long time, and it's been it's been a lot of fun to kind of see the the development, especially of South Point Studios and how we've kind of built it up and. What, what you've done, Jeff, and what you've done, Alex, and just seeing uh, just the old school bookmaking style that, that Vinny and, and Chris bring. That, that's oh, kind of yeah. where I go as a former, you know, sports book employee. I've worked both in front and behind the counter. So uh, it's, it's really cool to see that there is still such an appreciation for the old school bookmaking style. And uh, I've always appreciated that about Chris and Vinny. And I, I shouted them out on Twitter yesterday. You were bringing up the, the refunds and the, the refunded tickets for the Bill Steelers game. And I, I thought it was really cool what, what Chris did on Twitter yesterday was, uh, you know, go out and say, you know, these are all refunded. Here's why. Here's what you can do. That's the number one lesson that we learned during COVID as a, as a better is you always have to read the house rules and props to Vinny, even still today for bringing up the house rules and kind of just showing that th that's all you can do as a bookmaker is just be steadfast in the rules that you set. Well, and again, it's just in, in this day and age, it's not as much a problem in Nevada, mm -hmm. but nationwide, there's just a lack of transparency. Very much so. There's just a lack of transparency. There's this almost, uh, I, there's this adversarial relationship between better and bookie at this point. 
And it, it didn't used to be that way, especially out here. And that's, that's one thing that a lot of people realize, don't realize, I should say, yeah. that don't live in Nevada, just how different it is here in Nevada. 100%. For, for better yeah. or worse. There are pros, there are cons when you 100%. compare it to yes. other, other books. But it's, it's that relationship. Yeah. And it's, it's something that you don't normally think about with sports betting, but especially at a place like South Point. You've got that one-on-one relationship with you know, Jimmy Vaccaro, Chris Andrews, Vinny, the, the, the yeah. legends in this industry. And you can have a one-on-one conversation with them about why they move lines. You can't do that anywhere else. No. Well, that's why it's tough to get them in here sometimes because uh, yeah. they're out there. Vinny's a busy man. That's right. But uh, it's, uh, no, it, again, the transparency that Vinny yesterday, like we said, came in. If you missed the video, go ahead, watch it again. It's out on our Twitter account at uh, SLPO studio of you by the way while you're there click the link in the uh, bio go to our youtube page hit subscribe always helps helps us out as well over a thousand yeah we finally got there man <laughs> <laughs> we got there we got there uh, uh shout out to uh to uh our fearless le- one of our fearless leaders uh ann goldstone for getting us over the top uh on, on that number all right you're a pittsburgh guy amazingly enough in a way well you've lived everywhere all over, yeah. Your background, of course, your dad, uh, Tim, is, is Dodgers, Red Sox, Pirates. I'm sure I'm forgetting other spots as well. I'm sure he's forgetting other spots as well, yeah. <laughs> but but you, you've, you've been in a lot of spots. You're a play-by-play guy yourself. But starting with the Steelers, though, with this game being moved, the weather is still bad. It's just not as bad as it would have yeah. been if they attempted to play in a legitimate blizzard, whiteout conditions today. Um, they're back to 38. Buffalo 10. you have anything on this, man? This is kind of a, a, a matchup of skill versus, I don't even want to say coaching on the Steelers' side because Mike Tomlin is not a great tactician. He's not a great X's and O's guy, but he is one of the best motivators in the NFL and has been for quite some time. And, you know, ho-hum, the Steelers, another winning season. Everybody was all down. Kenny Pickett was <laughs> the, the worst thing that's ever happened to that city. And then all of a sudden, another winning season, another playoff berth. And, yeah, the, the weather situation here is is unique because there was a direct comparison in kansas city yesterday and everybody was saying oh if they can play there why can't they play in buffalo it, there wasn't anything falling actively from the sky in kansas city and it, it could be cold they can play through the game uh, a helmet can crack every now and then which what what was that um but in in the the bills Steelers situation you got to be able to see people got to be able to see the ball refs got to be able to see the play everyone's got to be able to see the action on the field so I don't hate that they moved it. I think it's an interesting uh, conundrum when it comes to playoff scheduling. I think, too, that this, from a scheduling perspective, is almost a trial run for the NFL if they want to expand the playoffs in the very near future like oh, the yeah. MLB did. And from a from a TV side, kind of just seeing what the options were on a Monday and seeing what the viewership is for, for two games on a Monday. So it's it's interesting that they moved it. That being said, I'll keep the same handicap. It really doesn't change much in terms of my handicap. I like the Steelers to cover, maybe not to win, I don't see this game being a blowout. I, I really don't. I think especially given the weather, the Steelers on the offensive side of the ball are going to be able to do what they do best, and that's run the ball. They don't, they don't have the, the gunslinging quarterback that they've had in years past. They don't have you know a ton of great receivers. And if they do have great receivers, they may not be bought in. they got a couple of guys who are, who are interesting to deal with on the field. But I think that this kind of game benefits the Steelers. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if they have enough on the defensive side of the ball to stop the Bills. You know, it, it, I, I like how you threw the trial balloon out there where the, the tinfoil hat people yesterday are like, oh, they're just doing, they're okay with moving this because they want to move the 16 playoff teams. We all know it's happening probably in the next five years. But, just look at just look at baseball. Well, it, let's not go there. <laughs> um, but, uh uh, so we'll go, we need to go into this now because we, this game will be going on when we're on the air tomorrow. Um, I echo a lot of what you're saying. 
where the weather's still bad. It's still going to be 20 mile an hour, 20 mile an hour consistent winds gusting to 35. It's just not going to be whiteout conditions. By the way, they're going to have a, a race to get the stadium ready in time because no one's allowed on the roads until tomorrow morning uh, in western New York. I just wonder where Buffalo has gotten better, where I thought after they lost to Denver, they scapegoated the offensive coordinator. It was not it was not Ken Dorsey's fault. It's more that Allen is just the turnover machine, and, and they're just he's not as good as we thought. But Joe Brady's done a really good job of having, yeah, Allen's still throwing his interception a game, but it's easier reads. It's more runs. That offensive line has miraculously stayed healthy the whole year. Um, I just wonder, in the, in, in the bad conditions, has Joe Brady's philosophies fully blossomed that they just ground and pound Pittsburgh? And I think you actually can kind of ground and pound this Pittsburgh defense Certainly. Uh, a little bit. So I'm, I would only take the – I would actually, I'd only take the under now at this bigger number down to his back at 38. Um, and I'd also look to take 10 with Pittsburgh. I thought going into this, if this game was played today, hey, I'm going to take a piece of Pittsburgh money line. Conditions are so bad that anything can happen in this game. Uh, but right now, I expect Buffalo to win. I expect us to get this Kansas City-Buffalo matchup that we missed last year, but of course had the epic one two years ago. Uh, I think under now, now that the total's gone back up, I think under is the best play in this game. I completely agree, especially with the wind still being at least 25 miles per hour. So we will see more run from both these teams, which you mentioned it. Steelers have been very good. We keep talking about Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. Oh, and, Warren yep. and then on the flip side, um, the Bills with James Cook, they've been very good. Like you said, switching their game plan for Josh Allen to help accommodate him and not throw so many picks. I made it 10. I think 10 is the right number here. I did make a couple bets on some other sites. So I'm stuck with those, but I teased the Steelers up to 16. I'm pretty comfortable with that. I think they can cover. To your point, Matt, the Bills haven't covered as a double-digit favorite this season. They're 0-4 when being double-digit favorites. And so. that's definitely something to, to keep an eye on because they're, they're one of those teams where we know who they are at, at this point in the year. They're, they're not throwing us any surprises. The, the one thing I will say in regards to the total, I thought it was really interesting to hear Andy Reid talk about the, the game plan yesterday postgame where he was saying that, you know, there, are, there aren't very many quarterbacks that can throw the ball as often and as deep as Mahomes did in that game in that kind of weather. Well, who's the other quarterback that's in Patrick Mahomes' realm in terms of arm talent in these playoffs? It's Josh Allen. Absolutely. So I wouldn't be surprised to see the Bills throw more than we think. And I, I was really struck by that Andy Reid quote yesterday, and it kind of stuck with me when looking at this game. I, I, I could see a little bit more. I, I do lean under. I was on under in, in the uh, Chiefs-Dolphins game yesterday, and you'd Take those two offenses, and they're way better combined than you're looking at the, this game here with the Steelers and the Bills. So I like under, uh, especially if it, it gets bought up to 39. If you can get it under 39 yeah. somehow, that would be a really, really good play in my book. And to your point, Alex, I love the Steelers as a, as a tease leg today, or tomorrow rather, for sure. We have the 16. <laughs> I mean, how do you not take that in a playoff game? Well, but the only thing is where... The only concern that I have, and, and we talked about this earlier in the week, Alex, if the conditions were just normal, cold Buffalo January. Just normal normal Buffalo. Just normal 15 degrees, about a 10-mile-an-hour wind. That's all. Like, just regular miserable. This screams Buffalo runs you out of the building. Kind of not quite. I, I, I actually have no qualms in bringing this up. Not quite what happened two years ago to your Patriots where that was 
Buffalo scored on every single possession. Yeah, not even close. The only thing that went wrong was Bass missed two PATs in that game. We forgot to mention T.J. Watt is still out. Yeah, of course. T.J. Watt's not playing. Huge, huge handicap. Steelers are are 1-11 without Watt uh, in the the 12 games he's missed over the last few years. Uh, But it does normal conditions scream Buffalo wins this game by 17, 21. Mm -hmm. Like, they, they... we know what they are. They bully these bad teams. They always they have in this era with Josh Allen, Sean McDermott. Uh, but these conditions still, even though they're not as bad, equalizer to me. Again, I, I'm with you. This gets to 39. We're we're taking the oh, under yeah. in in a big way. And if it, if they get there, they beat us. So be it. And um, I've been on the the Steelers for the last week since this matchup was announced and it was opened at at 10 and a half. It's just so hard to lay double digit points in a playoff game. I don't care that it's Buffalo. I don't care that they're playing at home. It's just hard to lay 10 points. I mean, just just in, in my own head in a game like this where the Steelers are, I will say, better than they get credit for this year. And a lot of that comes down to coaching. Um, to go from Kenny Pickett to Mason Rudolph and to have a winning season and to make the playoffs. I mean, there, there is credit due to Mike Tomlin. Very good point. And in my mind and my own power ratings, I still... I'm confused on how I have Buffalo so high, and I'm not alone because the books do as well, making them a 10-point favorite. And then that's kind of where I really landed with the Cowboys today because comparing the Cowboys and the Bills, I trust the Cowboys at home way more than I trust the Bills this year. They've been the much more consistent team. I know the Packers have been very good as of late, but I I see those two being a little bit equal. So I think the Bills is a little bit high, and and Dallas is a little bit low. They should be somewhere in the middle. I just want to touch on something you just said with the power ratings. And 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 priors, we're in the playoffs. Priors should not exist at all for the most part. But, and I mean by priors, before the year of priors is, mm-hmm. what, is what I mean. I still, again, we had this conversation all the year where I thought Buffalo, and again, it didn't work out because Cincinnati lost Joe Burrow midway through the year, where I thought the books were treating Cincinnati and Buffalo backwards. It ended up being that they were treating Cincinnati properly and Buffalo was maybe was was overvalued, but they were right in Buffalo being better than Cincinnati when it was all said and done. Uh, I just wonder with that where this league has been so topsy-turvy this year. The only team, the only two teams that have been warranting a top three power rating spot all year were San Francisco and Baltimore. And Go quite, figure. quite frankly, we kind of ignored Baltimore until it was like, whoa. They're beating San Francisco by multiple touchdowns in San Francisco. They clearly should be at worst power rated number two in the NFL. Uh, I just want that's kind of what I would I would say more than anything. That just your numbers, like you had them what your Buffalo number two going into the year, right? Absolutely. Yes. And a lot of books at Buffalo number one going into the year. So it's hard unless if you just have and they were losing a lot of close games. It's just hard to have such a steep decline with a team that loses by one possession and was so highly power rated at the beginning of the year. So I get it. I don't know if it's right, but I get why Buffalo is still, again, right now going into this postseason. Most books would have Buffalo power rated number three of all the end of the 14 teams there. And going back to what I said earlier about the, the, the refund on the tickets on this game, it holds true for people like Alex that do their own power rankings. All you can do is stay steadfast with your rankings, with your house rules in that situation. And in this situation, you know, you got to go with the numbers. And I, you know, I, I always give credit to people like Alex and, and folks that do their own power ratings and are so convinced in their own systems, their own metrics, their own adjustments, because I, I, I couldn't do that. I'm, a, I'm very much a, a heart better at, at times, especially with the NFL. So a lot of times the numbers in my head lie, the numbers never lie, especially when it comes to, to power rating throughout an entire season 
watching it start to finish and that this Buffalo team is, is proof of that. It used to drive me crazy when I was younger and I would text my dad or call my dad and say, who do you like in this game? Like this one, for instance, Buffalo or Steelers. And he'd be like, the number's just right. And I'm like, what do you mean? That's just, <laughs> give me something. I want to go make a bet. So now that I have my own, I, I completely understand. And I'm the exact same way because I kind of live and die by the numbers. And when you sway too much, that's when you get in trouble. Like uh, Washington, which I haven't let go yet. But I made it four and a half and I decided to make a case for the dog. And that's what happens. Let's go to today. We already talked about it on these shows, but I'm curious what your thoughts are. Let's go to the first game. Yes. By the way, like I said, thank goodness for for this not being the old Texas stadium in in, uh, in uh, Irving today because yeah. it is legitimately 13 degrees in Dallas today, which <laughs> don't don't happen too often no. down there. Uh, of course, uh, Jerry Delvin for this one. Cowboys 7, 51 to total. I'm on Green Bay. Alex is on Dallas. Break the tie. I'm gone with Alex. Okay. I just think that this this Dallas team has too much to prove. I don't think enough people have brought this up. If if Green Bay goes out and beats Dallas by double digit points, is Mike McCarthy gone? I I, I I don't think you need to even say double digits. I think if you say Green Bay goes out there and beats Dallas, Mike McCarthy is cooked. And I I haven't seen enough people talking about it. It really hasn't been brought up. I think Mike McCarthy is coaching for his job. And when you get a guy in a situation like that. With a quarterback in Dak Prescott who has a lot to prove and has had to prove naysayers wrong all season long because he's one of the most ballyhooed, hated quarterbacks by, you know, sports betting pundits in, in the NFL. I think they've got too much to prove. And this is a Packers team. Youngest roster in the NFL. Youngest offense in the NFC. No playoff experience. And a, combine that with a Dallas team that are playing for their, you know, proverbial careers. I, I think that this Dallas team has way, way more to prove the other thing too is you mentioned playing it in dallas perfect eight no at home this year not only that they, they've won every single home game this year their average point differential in those games 21 and a half so they blow teams out at home and this green bay team comes in super young not as much to play for i i love dallas in this one you know so i i want to piggyback on something you said mm -hmm. There is coaching experience in the playoffs on the Green Bay side. It, true. Now, granted, it has not been it not been as much success as you would have warranted with two one seeds, where of course they blew that game to Tampa, that stupid Hail Mary at the end of the first half in the pandemic season. Uh still mad about that. And then the following year where Aaron Rodgers looks like he's gonna retire and fifty to one Super Bowl ticket that goes up in flames because they can't block properly on a punt. Uh but regardless. There's still, Matt LaFleur has coaching experience in the postseason. And for Jordan Love, and, and this was my point to Alex before, this is a free roll for Green Bay. This is a total free roll. Oh, yeah. Where their win total was seven and a half. They were supposed to be the worst. Based off the betting numbers, they were supposed to be the worst team in the NFC North this year. And here they are in a game where they, if they lose, they're supposed to lose. They're a seven-point underdog in this game. They weren't even supposed to be here after Tampa beat them up a few weeks ago. And here they are against Dallas, where all the pressure in the world's on Dallas here. You have the two seed. Yeah. You get two home games. If you win this game, you get, doesn't matter who, who you get, you got another home game. You're going to be favored to be in the NFC title game for the first time in forever in Dallas. And you can't lose this game if you're the Cowboys. Yeah. I, I mean, McCarthy, if they lose, and I said this, I said this on Thursday or Friday. I don't remember which day I said this. Seattle. Parting ways with Pete opens the door for Dan Quinn to go back to the Pacific Northwest. Definitely. And 
for Jerry Jones, who has put a lot of money into keeping Dan Quinn there, if you lose this game, and Quinn clearly, part of the reason he stuck around is like, hey, fail in the playoffs, it's probably my job. Yeah. I just wonder if this is, like you said, if they lose this game, and this may even go for next week as well. If they don't make the NFC title game, Mike McCarthy could be out and Dan Quinn could probably be coaching this Dallas team next week. So, hypothetical, I know, not, not, not actuality, but hey, look, it's something to keep in mind. Uh, and again, I think there's just too many points. I, I, if we were, if we were at, at like, let's say this came five and a half, I wouldn't bet this. Because we, I got a north of a touchdown and still can get a touchdown, I would still take Green Bay. I'll be interested to see. We'll, we'll know early too. Dallas is by far the best first-half team in the NFL in terms of putting points on the board, and Green Bay comes in 19th in first-half scoring. So we'll know what kind of a game plan pretty early on, and we'll know if Dallas is doing what they have done all year, and that's scoring the first half. That's dominated at home. They're averaging 37 points a game offensively at home this year. They haven't lost a game at home. So they're one of the teams where home field advantage really does matter, and I'll be really interested to see. My main question with this game, outside the numbers, outside of the storylines, outside of the coaching, Who's going to stop CeeDee Lamb in, in this Green Bay defensive backfield? I don't think they have the horses to do it. I completely agree. He's had an outstanding year, especially since he called out that he wanted the ball more. And Dak Prescott's had an outstanding year, and no one's really talking about that. We know he is judged very tough being the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. But I'm with you. I think if they come out hot, put, on a lot of, put up a lot of points in that first half, it'll be easy. And then we don't have to worry about any decision-making or time management at the end of the game. So... This one, I think the Cowboys should be good. Going to the late game. By the way, all of everyone at NFL Live on ESPN today picked the Rams in the late game. Oh, no. We, we, we know think, what that means. I think we all know what that means now. <laughs> and not only did they take this, all take the same team, they took the underdog, no less, on the road. Uh, Lions are three, Matt, 53 to total. Alex has a good number early in the week on the over here. Uh, I, I've been so indecisive on this game, so I'm passing. I'm passing because... And I forgot to mention this earlier. Well, I mentioned the Detroit pass defense being in a, a mess the last two months. But the Ram run defense is terrible, which is bizarre to say when Aaron Donald's on the defense. But that run defense has been dreadful. And if you're Detroit, I hate to sound like 1975 football guy, but establish the run in this game. Well, you don't have to convince Dan Campbell of that. Oh, I know you don't. <laughs> nice hard-nosed football there, man. And it's this is a, a a very interesting matchup when it comes to the coaching matchup. You've got the mm-hmm. ultimate motivator in Dan Campbell. He makes me want to run through a wall. And then on the other side, you've got Sean McVay, who is a master tactician, is able to get the most out of his players, just like Dan Campbell, but in a very different way. He's more of a, a schematics guy in terms of getting the most out of his players, whereas Campbell makes them want to go bite someone's kneecaps off or whatever he, he had said preseason, which... I, I I still think about that whenever I need motivation for anything. Uh, Dan Campbell, I would love to sit down and have a couple of adult sodas with him. He would be so fun, and I, I would never be as motivated in my life. Uh, but it, it is a very interesting stylistic matchup. The Rams coming in, winners of seven of their last eight. You've got Detroit, who lost in the final game of the regular season, who has not lost back-to-back games all year. So something's got to give in that one. Uh, and you you brought up the defenses. The passing defense for the Lions has been... Terrible, as you had mentioned. They're 27th in the NFL in pass defense, whereas the Rams are 10th in passing yards per game. They've got the, the offense where I heard the number earlier in the week from Ryan McCormick behind the, behind the desk that when Pukunukua, Cooper Cup, Kyron Williams, and Matt Stafford are all playing, they are the number one offensive unit 
in the NFL as yep. a whole. And I would love I would take a look at Kyron Williams props over carries over yards because I think that they are going to try to establish the run early on because they kind of have to in, in in a game like this. Um, my big thing on the defensive side number that I found earlier today, the Lions when they force a turnover this year are twelve and two. They have only lost twice when forcing one or more turnovers. Just any turnover. Just any turnover. Okay. And that's second best in the league. I, I don't know who's ahead of them. But that's, that's an incredible number and they're second. Um, so I think if the Lions can swarm around and they don't have to be great on the pass defense. They just have to be not terrible. Right. And I, I think they really have a good shot against Stafford who has more to prove, I think, than, than a lot of people expect. And I know that this game means a lot. I know that this game means a lot to both quarterbacks for sure because they were uh, much maligned when they, when they made that, that flip from the team's I wonder when the last time that we've seen a quarterback matchup like this, where two guys who had played for the other team for right. so long match up in a really high-stakes playoff game like this. Well, you said when quarterbacks go back, the first time they go back, they... Uh, it's not overly proven. That's just me me, me uh, splashing around more than anything. But again, Brady, you remember when Brady returned? And, and this is a totally different circumstance, too. Right, because I mean, he's talking about like, the this, is, this isn't week four. It, oh, yeah. it, this isn't week four. We're in the playoffs where, like, all these matches, like Brady, Bucks were lucky to win that game in New England. Mac Jones's rookie year, uh, the uh, Peyton Manning went back in Indianapolis. The Colts won that game pretty comfortably on that Sunday night. However, it has over it, over a decade ago now. How crazy! God, is that? I'm so old. I, I, we all are, aren't we? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sure Vinny loves hearing that. <laughs> uh, but, um, but you know, it's it's it is a a a circumstance we just haven't seen very often, where you have this. Big of a reunion of, of a reunion. Remember, these two teams played the first year after the deal. It was in LA. Yeah. That was when the Lions were awful. They had, that was remember the first year after the trade. Rams win the Super Bowl. Lions didn't win a game until December that year. Um, and that was the game. Remember, Campbell pulled out all the stops. They like they faked they they faked a field goal, they faked a punt. They were actually leading the game. I think they were leading the game at halftime, and then the Rams won by a touchdown late. Uh, but it's a whole different ballgame. Talk about a playoff game. And like I said, I think there is a distinct home field advantage in this game, which is how on fire that place is going to be tonight with that first home playoff game uh, uh, in 30 years for that one. And I, I do think if you are a, a teaser player, I know you said that you would like the Steelers up to 16. The one that I like to combine with that would be the Rams. And I don't know if the Rams are going to win the game, but if you can get the Rams to plus nine, plus nine and a half, if you do a six and a half point teaser, I, I, I like that leg. I think this one's going to be close. I think the, the coaching matchup predicates that, and the quarterback motivation predicates that. So I, I think it'll be close. When it comes to the total, I like over. I don't. Are you willing to divulge the number you got earlier in the week? Or you know, you, oh, you, you already said it. Yeah. yeah, I'm. I went over fifty-one and a half. Which that's that's the best number by far that that you're going to get. Not, another number that I, that I found that really leads me to like the over, even at the elevated state that it is now. The Lions this year have run over half of their offensive plays on the opponent's side of the field. And they, they, have wow. done, they have done a great job of getting across the 50. Now they just got to find ways to, to punch it in. The Rams, meanwhile, have allowed their opponents to run 46% of, their, of offensive plays in their half of the field. That's fourth worst in the NFL. So it's going to be a lot of Lions in Rams territory. And if the Rams can bend but don't break, they really give themselves a chance. But I, I think this one's going to be a shootout. That, that's, that's very interesting. Very interesting. You just brought those numbers up. It is, and yeah. I'm not a. You'll you'll learn. I'm not a math guy. Oh, I know you're. But not. I'm I'm a numbers guy. 
Uh, Frank uh, Nicotero asked me earlier in the week why I love college basketball and, and betting on college basketball so much. It's because you're betting on numbers. Sure. You're well, not betting, you're betting on numbers in all of this. Exactly. <laughs> but that, but that, but that one, guess. you don't know any of the players on Fordham. I couldn't tell you a single player on St. Bonaventure. But I like certain numbers. I'm not, I, I always tell people that. I'm not a math guy, but I'm a numbers guy. I wonder how he managed to pick a game. I had a nice in-game price on St. Bonaventure, and it lost by one. The Bonnies, baby. Yeah. I had to bring it up. Brilliant. All right, you convinced me. I'm on the Lions. Let's go. Let's go. I like Lions. Lions money line. I'm not laying the three you on this one. Just want the money line. I just not want the money line. Up. Take the guesswork out in a game like this. You never know what you're going to get. Dan Campbell versus Sean McVay, opposite styles. I want to go college hoops before we get out of here. Let's do it. So, by the way, we we talked about it off the air. You and LV just got totally hosed yesterday. <laughs> I so I was there. So I had yeah. I had to leave before. Oh, you didn't even. So so I was there with with my dad, who's in town. Of the uh, the the Henderson Silver Knights were doing Las Vegas Thunder reunion, and he Love announced. It. He announced for the Thunder for like eight, nine years, and that's one of his favorite teams he's ever worked for ever. So he was in town for that. We went to the UNLV game that started at noon. He had, we had to be at Dollar Loan Center down in Henderson at about 2.15, 2.30. So we left with about 10 minutes left in the game. And we, even as we're walking out, I said, I, I don't know if they have the horses to finish this because they led wire to wire until the very end. And I yes, didn't see did. the final play until afterwards. I saw highlights of it on, on Twitter. I Yikes. mean, that looked like me running into a box out. The uh, the the player for Utah State that fell and got the the extra foul. He ran straight into Caleb Boone's back and fell. And you know, there's people saying it was fixed, saying it's the worst call they've ever yeah. seen ever. I don't know about all that. I think it was a bad call. The Mountain West has a history of referees deciding games in conference play, and that that that's been the case for for a handful of years. Well, I will say, I actually thought college basketball officials actually got be- have gotten better this year. They, they have I, over just, the last I couple feel, of years. I, I feel, oh, not the last couple of years, because last year I thought was the worst officiated year ever. The flop warning, yeah, remember but, that? But I, I really thought, like, this year, like, watching, I'm like, you know what? Watched a lot, uh, all the normal amount of college hoops games. And I haven't really thought the refs have gotten, like, things wrong in critical spots. And then yesterday there was about 20 games. It's like, whoa, what happened? There's your, there's your get back on the other side. Legitimately regressed to the mean (laughs) uh, in in that direction. But I I will ask you this. And Alex and I talked about this a little bit earlier. We always like to say, Hey, it's wide open. It is absolutely the most wide open. I can ever remember. We had the zany week where top 10 teams are getting beat left and right, especially on the road this week. Uh, You have in Ken Palm, Houston, 0-2 0-2 this week. They're still number one in Ken Palm, uh, which, by the way, I'll save my thing on Houston for later this week. I am very concerned about them in the Big 12 because even as great as their defense still is, you got to be able to... I know they're efficient technically in the numbers. you got to be able to score the ball. And they have no go-to score like they at least had in the past that made them so good. And they run such a slow tempo. They yeah. are one of the slowest, slowest well, teams for years. in all of college basketball. But And, you know, and that leads you to if you get down by 10 with a couple minutes left in a game and all of a sudden you have to speed it up, you know, they've got the horses to do it if they really, really need to in a pinch, but that's not where they're comfortable and that's not where they're at their best. So that, I, I agree, is a really troubling sign for this Houston team that a lot of people have had some great futures on to win the championship the last couple of years, including uh, our guy Mattress Mac. He was all over the, the Cougars <laughs> last year. Of course but, he was. Uh, that, that, that didn't work out. You know, it's because of their uh, geographic location. Um, but yeah, this is the most wide open year of college hoops that I can remember over the last five, six so, years so, at least. So, so I'll ask you this, because Alex has been searching for a future to That's play right. in college hoops. Um, right now, my three, and again, it all depends on draws, because this mm-hmm. is part of the reason where it's a little bit hard, unless if you're just getting just 
a, an absurd number uh, in college basketball futures because you could very easily end up with two of your best futures in the same region and one of them doesn't even make it to the final four. Oh, yeah. uh, right now, I think UConn's still the best team in the country. Uh, they, right now, they're, they're, they're up eight on Georgetown right now in the last minute of the first half. And then it's Kentucky, who did lose yesterday. They're unbelievably talented. They're very young. They're playing a fun style. Just a matter of can their defense hold up. And then I know we need to see them win games in the tournament, even as higher seeds, but Purdue's kind of got that 2019 uh, 2019 uh, University of Virginia vibes going for Oh, yeah. And I, I think a lot of it comes down to the play of Zach Eady. And yes. just seeing his transformation from a guy who was already one of the, the top front court players in college basketball turning into a, a legitimate Naismith Player of the Year candidate and the, the likely winner. And for me personally, it's really interesting because I saw him as a 15-year-old at IMG Academy when I was living in, in Bradenton, Florida, five minutes away from campus. He was about the same height. I was going to say, how tall is he? Probably weighed 190 pounds soaking wet. I mean, he was a scrawny 15-year-old playing on the B team at IMG Academy. Now that's, you know, IMG Academy's B team beats most high school teams in America by 50. However, just seeing his personal development, not only physically, but his game, him personally, has been really, really fun to watch. And I think that this is a year, and he's got a team where he can put them on his back. And they can play kind of inside out, and he can make other players better while still getting his numbers. Purdue is dangerous. They, they could beat anybody at any time, but as you had said, Jeff, it's going to be about seeing them win in, in the tournament because that just has not been the case the last couple of years. Well, in a value value purpose, I'm looking for like 10 to 1 or better, right? And you can't find that with Purdue still right now. I think, I think 8 to 1-ish usually. I don't hate that. I, I don't mind it. I, you know, it's a problem. Like, going down the board, like, the big bloated numbers, like Florida Atlantic's one of them, but they are capable of losing to anyone in the NCAA tournament as they've proven already in conference play. Mm -hmm. I like San Diego State going into yesterday, and it just got shellacked by New Mexico yesterday after the first 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, Gonzaga's the worst they've been in years. They may not make the tournament. I Look, if we're up to me, and thankfully it's not. Um, <laughs> For all of our sake. They, they, yeah. they, they, uh, they would have to win at the Orleans here. They would have to go win the WCC this year because they so. beat no one in non-con. And, I mean, they look look, look what St. Mary's did to Santa Clara yesterday. I, I, that game was never competitive. Gonzaga lost to that game. No, not at all. And, you know, the two conferences you brought up, the Mountain West and the WCC, really interesting, and there's a lot of parity in both. I mean, who's the favorite in the Mountain West right now? I was going to ask you that because you cover both of those very closely. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. I mean, for my money – I'm going to go Colorado State to win that tournament. If, it, if the tournament started tomorrow, I'd go Colorado State. Isaiah Stevens is the best distributor in the country, and he leads yeah, that he offense, and they do a phenomenal job, and they do just good enough defensively. Nico Medved, the head coach, has been really, really good at getting guys to come to Fort Collins over the last handful of years. Uh, Got to give a ton of credit, though, to Danny Sprinkle at Utah State. They, reserved, they, they returned this many minutes, zero minutes from last year. And they're a, a top 20 team that just won another game. They're going to be within the top 20 uh, come the next rankings after that. Uh, I'll say fortuitous win yesterday, but a, a, a win's <laughs> yeah. a win, and it's on paper. They're going to be inside the top 20. Obviously, New Mexico is a really star-studded team. They're hit or miss, though. They could beat anybody in the country and then look terrible I against you. Wyoming by 15. Yeah. I mean, so the, not, the, not disparage the Cowboys. The Mountain West is going to cannibalize <laughs> itself. There's no, no doubt about it when it comes late. They're a conference that could put four teams in. I wouldn't be surprised to see three, especially given a surprising tournament result. But there is parity. Boise State's phenomenal. San Diego State, you know, obviously, it, it, it's to me, it's still their league. I, they, I agree. It's still the Aztecs league. I, I know, look, that is a difficult place to play when Absolutely. the pit is rolling and full like it was yesterday. 
That is an extraordinarily difficult place to go win a basketball. I'll get to go there for the first time in about two weeks, engineering for UNLV Hoops on the radio. So I'm really excited to go check go. out the pit. I, higher than Denver. Elevation. Yeah, and I lived in Denver for six years. Yeah. I, uh, Mountain West is interesting. The Pac-12 is not very interesting other than Arizona. Even Arizona, Arizona lost to Wazoo yesterday. So just more parity across the board. All right, Matt. Pleasure as always, man. Absolutely. You, Happy Matt. to help you out today. Really excited to get going we'll, on Tuesday. We'll yes. see you on Tuesday. Yes, sir. Uh, so starting this week, weekdays, uh, Monday through Thursday, 3 to 4. Our fo- our Fridays, as of now, will stay 2 to 4. That could change, so we'll keep you up to date on that. And this new weekend slot, we're now 90 minutes, both Saturday and Sunday, 8.30 to 10 on both Saturday and Sunday. All right? Good work. Good luck on all your plays, everyone out there. Alex? I hope Green Bay comes. Sorry. <laughs> hope you lose that. So you hope I push. I, yeah, you can push. There's That's a way. Fine. That's fine. You can push. Dallas by seven's fine. Uh, see how it goes. I'm Jeff Farles. She's Alex White. We'll see you next time. Sports by the book.